We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For conservative America, Ronald Reagan is the most iconic, charismatic president. Donald Trump even generously borrowed his 1980 campaign slogan, Let's make America great again. With his wife Nancy, they formed a strong and deeply affectionate couple in the White House. Yet, they had originally set out to do something else, pursue careers in Hollywood, where they first crossed paths. In 1951, Los Angeles. We're in the midst of the Cold War and government-orchestrated paranoia permeates all levels of society. It's the era of hunting reds, the era of witch hunts. After publishing a list of submersive organizations, the House of Un-American Activities Committee, HUAC, sets its sights on the film industry. Directors, actors, and screenwriters are summoned for questioning. When they refuse to cooperate, they're imprisoned. A blacklist is compiled, a list of artists not to be hired under any circumstances. Some, like Charlie Chaplin or Orson Welles, are forced to leave the country. This brings us to the events of 1951, when actor Ronald Reagan receives a call from director Mervyn Leroy. Reagan is well known as a union leader, thanks to his position as president of the Screen Actors Guild. In the industry, everyone knows that he provides the FBI with the names of actors he considers sympathetic to communism. Lately, he's been getting many calls, but they're less about offering him roles, much to his dismay. On that day, Mervyn Leroy calls about a young actress, Nancy Davis. She's far from being communist, he assures Reagan, but she's deeply concerned that her name has appeared in communist publications. Reagan promises to look into it. He calls the director back the next day. He assures Nancy that she's not in danger. She merely shares her name with an activist. The Screen Actors Guild commits to protecting Nancy if anything goes wrong. Leroy then suggests that Reagan himself should deliver the good news to her. This is how Ronald ends up inviting this stranger to La Rue, an upscale restaurant on the Sunset Strip. He doesn't expect much from this dinner. In fact, He's concocted an early morning shoot the next day to have an excuse to escape in case of disappointment. He's had his fair share of disappointments lately. His wife, Jane Wyman, 
walked out a year earlier with their three children in tow. Since then, he hasn't been genuinely charmed by any woman. But on that night, something special happens. Nancy would later say, It wasn't love at first sight, but close. At the time, her young career was taking off. She had just signed a contract with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, MGM, after years of performing on stage, in TV studios, and in cinemas. Do you love me? What brought that out? Nothing in particular. Oh yeah, and that one gray hair's got you worried. Drink a beer, it's getting flat. Nancy is a petite woman with chestnut hair and sparkling eyes. During the dinner, she hangs on to Ronald's every word. He talks about the Guild, his life as an actor, his political beliefs. She engages him, asking questions. The evening stretches on without him even realizing it. He's captivated. So is she. At the beginning of their relationship, Ronald dates other women, other actresses. Nancy puts up with it because she senses she's different from the others. And she knows that recovering from her divorce takes time. It wouldn't be long, though. Nancy and Ronald marry on March 4th, 1952. In October of the same year, Nancy gives birth to their daughter, Patty. Six years later, they have a son, Ron. In the early 1960s, Reagan officially joins the Republican Party. Politics takes an increasingly central role in his life. He espouses liberal and highly conservative positions. Amid the civil rights movement, he declares, and I quote, If a person wants to discriminate against Negroes or others in selling or renting his house, it is his right. He opposes Medicare and joins the NRA, the pro-gun lobby. In 1964, while supporting Goldwater in the presidential election, Reagan delivers the speech that launches his political career. I have spent most of my life as a Democrat. I recently have seen fit to follow another course. I believe that the issues confronting us cross party lines. Now, one side in this campaign has been telling us that the issues of this election are the maintenance of peace and prosperity. The line has been used, we've never had it so good. But I have an uncomfortable feeling that this prosperity isn't something on which we can base our hopes for the future. Before we continue with this episode, a short break to give the floor to our partner, without whom this podcast wouldn't exist. Don't go away. We'll be right back. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Two years after this speech, 
Reagan is elected governor of California. Nancy becomes the first lady. She embraces her new role, visiting Vietnam veterans, retirees, and schoolchildren. She filmed her last movie in 1958, before their son was born. Cinema already seems like a distant memory. During his two consecutive terms as governor, Reagan lays the foundations of his political ideology. He handles student protests at Berkeley in 1969 with an iron fist, raises taxes, and reduces social benefits. However, some of his actions surprise. In 1967, at the start of his first term, he signs a pro-abortion law. He later admits it was a misjudgment, declaring himself pro-life. In 1976, Reagan attempts a presidential run. But before dreaming of Washington, he must win the Republican primary. He's the most conservative candidate. Unfortunately, this time, Ford is chosen to go up against the Democrats. He narrowly loses to Jimmy Carter. It's the same Carter that Reagan will face in the 1980 presidential election. This is a man whose time has come. A strong leader with a proven record. During the campaign, Nancy's never far away. In images from rallies and during speeches, she stands right behind her husband, looking at him with love. The country discovers this protective woman, an unwavering support to her husband. The couple appears inseparable, invincible even. Ronald Reagan becomes the President of the United States on January 20th, 1981. At 69, he becomes the oldest president the country had ever had. Two months later, he becomes the target of an assassination attempt. A man fires six bullets in his direction. Ronald is injured and Nancy is deeply affected. From then on, she regularly consults an astrologer to anticipate her husband's chances of success. The attack, however, boosts the president's popularity. Nancy, on the other hand, begins to irritate people, as is often the case for first ladies. After the austerity years of the Carter presidency, Nancy wants to bring the White House back to life. She takes inspiration from Jackie Kennedy and leads renovation efforts. She organizes lavish banquets, which are poorly received during a recession. But it is primarily for one campaign that Nancy Reagan will be remembered. Many of you may be thinking, well, drugs don't concern me, but it does concern you. It concerns us all because of the way it tears at our lives and because it's aimed at destroying the brightness and life of the sons and daughters of the United States. Nancy makes the war on drugs her priority as First Lady. She follows in the footsteps of the war on drugs led by her husband. Nancy's slogan, just say no. A simple message. This policy will be heavily criticized because in addition to being costly, it primarily targets black communities and fills prisons without being effective. Ronald and Nancy Reagan spend two terms in the White House. Then they depart. They move to Los Angeles, to the Bel Air neighborhood. It's during these retirement years that Nancy wins the hearts of Americans because Ronald falls ill. He's diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Nancy remains by his side until the end with the same loyalty as during all those years in the spotlight. Ronald Reagan passes away in 2004. For many, he remains a reference, the Kennedy of the Republicans. In 2007, nine years before Nancy's passing, in an interview with Larry King, she would speak at length of Reagan, the man with whom, she said, her life began. There are people who told me that uh, it gets much easier. Well, maybe for them, but not for me. 
I miss him more now than I ever did. Thank you for listening to this episode of Love Me, Love Me Not. If you enjoy this podcast, please let others know by giving us a rating and leaving comments on your favorite listening platform.